Hey, welcome to the Rooted to Live podcast. I pray that you're doing well and that wherever you're listening from, you're experiencing the love of God in your life. Maybe you're ready for a restful weekend this holiday weekend. I know I am. I'm, I'm ready to rest a bit. Last night I began the restful weekend with getting to go to a movie with a friend. This movie's uh, been made really popular um, by anyone that's fans of superheroes. My family's really enjoyed these Avenger movies that came out. And it's interesting because my youngest son, Titus, um, has really gravitated toward the most powerful person in these movies, and it's the bad guy. Uh, he perceives him as the most powerful, and so he's been really happy with the results and also very sad with the results of the movies, and I don't want to have any spoilers for you. But I've just been thinking about what makes for powerful living. Uh, today, I went to a store where I could buy uh, a bar to put weightlifting weights on. They call them bumpers and brought those into the garage. And maybe someday I'll lift them and put them back down, then lift them up again, then put them down, and then keep doing that. I actually looked for um, jars of motivation, but they didn't have any of those for sale today. But today, I really want to talk about what makes for a powerful life, not just being strong in power or mighty like a superhero, but I really want to talk about a characteristic of God that um, he actually willingly seeks to cultivate in the life of a person who is rooted in him. To put this tricky concept into a single word, which may surprise you, would be gentleness. The Greek word in scripture used for gentleness that I'm thinking about is uh, praoutes. I don't have to tell you, you probably knew that. This word is translated in the KJV as meekness. The difficulty is really that is that the English language has changed since the days of King James and Shakespeare. And so the common definition of meekness as it's used today is like um, deficient in spirit and courage, but that's not even close to the meaning of the Greek word. Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, as opposed to their high school dictionary or maybe middle school, I'm not sure, states that meekness is the enduring injury with patience and without resentment. That's closer to the idea I think that scripture has, but the Greek is much more positive. The Greeks used this word describing like um, animals that were powerful yet tamed and under control. I mean, when you think about that, where do you find powerful animals that are tame? The zoo or a circus? Maybe at like group horse riding outings? Uh, I don't have any interest. I remember actually as a kid growing, going to a place on a field trip with some friends. This must have been like under the age of eight. Then we went to this farm that was like a petting zoo. I remember not really even enjoying animals so much at that point. And uh, I remember we were going around to the different parts of this farm and there was this kind little goat and I went to go pet the goat and it butted me in the head. I got a head butt from a goat. It is a real thing. And maybe that's why, maybe that's the original pain. I might need to talk to somebody about that, my issue with animals. But that was definitely an example of power not under control. No praoutes, dear goat. Anyway, an understanding of meekness that theologians like to help people re- remember is that meekness is not weakness. It's power under control. So meekness is found when power is willingly under control. It's like an emptying of self. As the writer of Proverbs says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. In contrast, the individual who is not gentle is likened to a city that is broken into and without walls. The Greek lexicon would include the meanings of humility, courtesy, and considerateness. So this powerful life contains the God-granted character and ability to control the 
passionate part of our nature. Meekness is not the opposite of courage. It it takes courage, actually, to, to be meek in this world. So meekness is most clearly demonstrated when in conflict with other people. I've been deciding whether or not, thinking about whether or not sharing with y'all about some things we're experiencing as a family. My oldest son is in sixth grade and he's been experiencing uh, this year in school and we're coming close to the end of the year, but for the majority of the year, but especially the last month and a half, two months, he's been experiencing some intense bullying at school. I don't know how you feel as for those of you that are parents when you see your child being bullied or if your child is a bully. Um, it's kind of a helpless feeling sometimes. Uh, and so Noah would experience going into a classroom. There would be like six kids against him with saying some things, four kids, sometimes more, sometimes less. And it's daily. Uh, and you wonder like where are the teachers at, but then you try to give teachers grace to know that we know that they can't be everywhere and see everything. And a lot of times when you bring these things up to the educators, they feel like it's he said, she said. But for my son, it's either about his clothing or his hair or um, his body. And actually, it's been more vulgar and more intense considering sexual orientation, claims on that, um, sleeping around or not sleeping around, if he likes girls or doesn't like girls or he likes boys or doesn't. And uh, it's more than any 13-year-old can bear, and it's definitely more than any parent can bear for their child. It's painful. So if Noah sought to try to change the shoes or change the shirts and get brand name things uh, to be good enough, and he's tried, it's not been good enough. They find a way to criticize that. Um, And it gets closer to the physical. So it's emotional, verbal, physical. It's bad. The truth is, just to give a little insight of my view is about bullies, is that bullies are cowards. (laughs) See, they get people to look at someone else rather than them. And if... If we are insecure, we usually become then belligerent, Uh, we fight, we tear down, we get violent. And then we fight or we argue with others to win for our ego. And so a lot of bullies actually um, have significant insecurity. They want people to look at others instead of them. So they're angry for approval. They probably have parents that may not love them or there's just other issues going on. But when we have a spirit-enabled meekness or gentleness in the face of such things, it's it's revealed in courtesy to others. It's, it's an ability to actually to rebuke others without damaging others in anger. We, we can argue with tolerance. We, we can treat others with no resentment. We can have the emotion of anger, but in it, not sin. These are the things that I've been wondering and talking with about with my son. So meekness can be passionate, but it's always a servant. How can you be meek in the face of opposition? How can you stand up to a bully? We've given permission to punch a bully in the face, but we know that really yields to, to nothing. And we've encouraged Noah, if he wants to say the words back that are being said to him, then he's free to do that, but it might not result in the things he's hoping for, and it doesn't necessarily make your heart feel any better. Hmm. So there's got to be other options. And it's really found in the character of God, responding to those who are abusive with the cultivated character of God as you press into the love of God for yourself and then love your enemies. See, meekness is found in the character of God. Meekness is part of God's character. In Psalm chapter 45, verse 4, we can read, In your majesty ride out victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach you awesome deeds. If, if meekness is in the character of God, then it's going to be found in Christ, who is himself God. And in Matthew chapter 11, uh, verse 29, Jesus says, Learn from me, for I am gentle. There's the word for meek there. And humble in heart. 
Now for some, when they consider Jesus being meek and mild, they think of Christmas baby Jesus laying in a manger with the cattle lowing and no crying because Jesus has zero needs supposedly, I guess, as a baby. I don't think so. But some people considered Christ's meekness as passivity and weakness or like a perpetual downcast countenance and they take on a phrase like, a man of sorrows must have meant that he was very wimpy and sad all the time. The truth is that Jesus showed true meekness both in the midst of conflict and in the midst of his popularity when there was kind of a false popularity. His awareness of his power enabled him to be gentle to those in need and his gentleness that brought forth righteousness. It will actually bring forth justice in the earth. He, he, he gently takes the broken, hurting, shame-filled, and sinner and makes them whole. And in the face of those that are trying to use him or abuse him or trying to reign him in and make him king against, well, according to their own will, He knows how to engage them as well with the same meekness. Peter records such things about Christ's character in 1 Peter 2, verse 23, when he he says, uh, he writes of Christ, When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Meaning, Christ trusted in his Father's view of him. One of my favorite songs growing up in church, my dad would sing every once in a while, was a song called uh, The Day You Wore My Crown. It's, and it's an emotional song, and it's considering Christ going to the cross. But one of the most powerful lines in it is that Christ could have called. He could have called 10,000 angels to say he's not going to pay for everybody else. But he didn't. He stayed. Jesus Christ, of course, defended his Father's glory and ultimately gave himself in sacrifice for others. Jesus didn't lash back when criticized or slandered or threatened unjustly. He willingly gave his life. No one took it. He gave it. But Jesus, of course, would respond fittingly and firmly whenever his father's honor was profaned or the truth perverted and neglected. Gentleness or or meekness includes the idea that we do not care about what happens to our honor as much as what happens to God's honor and what happens to others. It's being mindful of the father, being mindful of others. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, Jesus really gives insight about what true happiness is when he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The reality of this kind of meekness is is that it's truly unattainable by any human effort. And that's why it's of the Spirit of God. The best effort our flesh can really come up with is in attempting meekness is actually like false modesty or even like um, self-deprecating kind of humor. Gentleness is never false modesty. It's it's never a self-depreciation or a refusal to stand for anything. Meekness is is not living in fear of others or unwillingness to humbly stand for the truth. That's a passive selfishness. Others may applaud it and admire it, but it's not God's desire for those who are in Christ Jesus. It'd be like if you're in a discussion about truth, and if there's objective truth or if all truth is just kind of negotiable, and maybe you've been with friends before, people arguing about truth claims, and then you're asked for your view, and maybe your response just is, can't we all just get along like this notion of like being above people, being above such petty arguments? And there are petty arguments, but when it comes to like truth, it's not petty. Truth isn't petty. When it comes to the character of God or the character of other people, it's not a petty thing. How about whenever you've like maybe maybe been afraid of sharing the truth because of being perceived as wrong or looking dumb or not knowing everything? That's not meekness. <laughs> The unwillingness to, like, to make so vulnerable to the claims of truth and the possible need to admit error, that is not the spirit of meekness. That's self-protecting and truth-effacing. And that's what would be me if I were to do that. That's me like serving my spirit of pride. And so then acting like you don't have a strong opinion about truth, or if I were to act that way for the sake of like fake peace with other people, that's actually lying, a form of lying. 
and therefore obviously is not meekness. So I've been wondering, what can we do to see meekness cultivated in us? Well, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 gives some encouragement toward that. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. See, there's a cooperation required for its development in our, in our souls. Meekness comes from having an accurate view of self, seeing yourself as God does, and then knowing who we are and who we are not, knowing who God is and who he's not. Like, we are the created, he's the creator. We are in, in sin and sinners who need a savior. And God saved us for a purpose. God is growing us spiritually for his purposes, not ours. And God has empowered us for his purpose. In fact, the scriptures say that you've been given everything you need for life and godliness through Christ. So meekness begins when we put our trust in God and his view of us, his great love for us as a father for a child. And then we give our lives to his leading and control. We commit our way to him. This means giving over our anxieties to him, our frustrations to him, our plans, our relationships, our jobs, our health, our future. So one of the things that we have to consider in light of wanting to see meekness cultivated in our lives is what are we holding on to that just might be impeding others from experiencing gentleness and meekness through us? See, meekness is found in the care of God, and meekness then is to be found in the life of a believer. For those that proclaim to be followers of Jesus, it's really expressed in the way we engage this world. In Titus chapter 3, verse 2, Paul instructs uh, Titus to, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable, that is, not quarrelsome, and then to be considerate and to, to show true, humble gentleness toward everyone. It includes the idea of springing to the help of those in need, yet keeping our own feelings under control. James chapter 1 puts it this way, starting in verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let everyone, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. As James writes of believers, we are slow to speak and quick to listen. We become reasonable and open to correction. See, meekness loves to learn, and it counts the like the blows of a friend, like the the tough truths to it from a friend is precious. So the truly meek person is humble enough to know what he or she does not know. Like, I think about it this way: Have you ever like said to like you understood something when you didn't? Like I think about this like when I remember when I moved from one state to another, and it was like my first job, and uh, one of the per, one of my uh, bosses was inviting me to like know how to get quicker to a place that we needed to get to and so he's giving me instructions and he kept just saying like yeah just get on the pike and turn over here i just kept shaking my head up yes and down like yeah uh-huh i know what you're, i'm following you no i'm not following you at all if you don't use a landmark i don't know what we're talking about so that's a false meekness acting like you understand something and are receiving something when you aren't or maybe like you've had a friend confront you and you know that they're right but you can't own it that's anti-meekness james chapter 3 puts it this way who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. See, the truly wise people are also tr- the truly meek people. Why? Well, verse 17 tells us in that same chapter, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. See, these are the marks of meekness. In our daily lives, we cannot help coming into situations that bring conflict with people, like having bullies in middle school. Let me just say that again. Isn't middle school the worst? If any middle school student is listening to this podcast, uh, you're loved greatly by God. (laughs) And this is a season that's very challenging. 
And God designed you especially as he designed you. You are loved and favored. And God desires you to know his love. Back to the text here. When we think about the marks of meekness, like wisdom and purity and being peaceable and open to reason and full of mercy and good fruit and life, impartial and sincere, that's what God wants to cultivate in us. You're going to come into conflict. I'm going to come into conflict. How do we respond? So when we accept the reality of who we are in Christ and trust the Holy Spirit to help us, we can be gentle whenever the conflicts come, whenever they come, and whatever kinds they are. So contrary to popular understanding, spirit-given meekness cares about truth and whether others agree. The meek person wants to discern its own errors and forsake them. So meekness really is also expressed in the way we confront other Christians. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 the scriptures tell us, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, that could be a word there for sin, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. See, Paul's telling us that if a person is trapped in some kind of sin, like that person is looking to something or someone else other than God for approval, those who are spiritual should restore him gently. And if we are truly filled with the Spirit, we will show gentleness, not harshness nor condemnation. I know I've done it. I hope the Lord forgives me for that. As we as we try to restore such a person, when, when meekness reaches out to bring back a person who's been overtaken in sin, it first takes out the log out of its own eye, then admits that part. Apart from the grace of God, it, we would fall to the, to the very sin that we are now trying to correct. The meek person knows his or her own limits, fallibility, and weakness. So it's not only then from God and it's supposed to be in the life of those who follow Jesus and God wants to cultivate that. It's supposed to be expressed. Meekness and gentleness is supposed to be expressed in the way we engage the world and the way that we confront other believers in life. It's also expressed in how we share our hope. In 1 Peter chapter 3, we read, But in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Meekness with, with power under control. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, and you will be, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. We are told to be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope we have, but we're supposed to do this with gentleness, respect. So meekness is not the absence of passion or conviction. Meekness is slow to write a person off, slow to condemn, slow to anger, and understands that we ourselves are flawed and, and failed in many ways. This is power. It's different than power lifting in your garage. It's different than the, the power of the Avengers, the bad guys in the superhero movies. It's different than the power that bullies try to put on their prey. It's the power of God in our lives, and it's available to us. And God desires to cultivate his character in you, and this is an aspect of his character, meekness, gentleness. So I I just invite you to talk to him about it. Consider again, what hinders you from demonstrating power under restraint? When have you experienced God's meekness in your life? When have you seen God's meekness in others' lives? I'd love to hear from you about it. Get in touch with me through the podcast or go to our webpage at rootedtolive.com. Send me an email. I want to hear from you. If you have any insights about bullying, anti-bullying, any testimony about that, we could sure use some encouragement. Who needs to experience meekness and gentleness from you today? Ask God to help you. He'd love to come through, I believe.